Eva, and I'm here with another episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds, rate, comment is greatly appreciated. For those who have recently rated, it's a few, but I see it. Thank you very much for rating. And yeah. Let's get into this. I am excited to talk about this because you guys know this falls into my category of shows that I would just watch regardless. And I keep doing this, but I'm like, you guys saw the title. We're discussing the Hardy Boys (laughs) on Hulu. And you guys know this is already, it's my genre. It's like, Everything about this show fits into a lot of a lot of the same kind of like themes and genres and all that stuff that I've discussed before. So it's like a no brainer that I would discuss this. Almost missed it because one had no clue that we were rebooting the Hardy Boys at all. Minor backstory because, you know, I have to give you guys like all the details. Also, before we even get into this, there are going to be spoilers. So if you did not watch this, then I would not listen to this. I have not read the book, so you don't have to worry about any book spoilers. But had I read the book, then there would be <laughs> book spoilers. Also, um, this is not your traditional TV podcast, so we're not going to go super linear. It's not going to be super sophisticated. Uh, if you've listened for a while, you know, like we go all over the place. So I'm always like just sit back and try to follow along, but have to make sure I put those things out there so you have an idea of what you are getting yourself into. So, uh, The Hardy Boys. So, like I said, I have not read these books. I didn't even, I mean, The Hardy Boys, I think The Hardy Boys, the show, like, I never watched that either. This is part of, like, the Nancy Drew thing, which, surprisingly, I never read Nancy Drew. And I'm going to tell you why, because I was sitting here thinking about it, because I was like, why are we rebooting all these things? And then why did I not watch them or read them when I was younger? And I, you guys know, I read a lot. (laughs) I've read a lot my entire life. But I realized that I read probably books that I should not have been reading starting at a very young age. So I was reading like young adult books in like grade school. And I just never went to like the teen section in the bookstores. Oh, bookstores. Who remembers actual bookstores? Borders. That was my favorite, like big chain bookstore. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're still around. But I mean, I feel like no one really goes to actual bookstores, but I do go when I see like cute little local bookshops. I will go in there and try to support, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so, um, so I was thinking about it and I was just like, yeah, I think that's why I've never, I never, or I kind of missed this whole like Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys eras, which I feel like they may have, don't quote me. I didn't even look into this, but I feel like these books came out before me, but even still, like I always heard about it, but I never really was interested enough to actually read it. So I mean, I guess that could be the answer of why I never actually really read these books was just, I was always, I was literally reading young adult, like romance novels in like fourth and fifth and sixth grade, which is probably like, where were my parents? But in retrospect, I'm like, there are a lot of things I was reading, listening to, watching that I should not have been watching. I've talked about it on here before. So I mean, it's a moot point at this point. But yeah, so I was thinking about that. So I haven't read these books or watched any of the previous like versions of these. But we're getting refreshed because I mean, what is life if we don't repeat things we've already done? And so I completely, I mean, also, I'm like, did I really not hear that we were making or rebooting this whole entire series? I really didn't. And so I completely missed that it launched on 12-4. And by the time that I found it, it was on Sunday in the middle of the day. And so you guys know, middle of the day um, (laughs) finds usually... Is actually, I feel like that's been the case for the past couple of things that 
I've been discussing. But usually, if I found it in the middle of the day, there's no way I'm going to complete it in one sitting. It's going to take a couple of days. So I found it, and I initially was not going to watch it because when I looked at it, and I don't know why, but you guys know I always talk about how many, like how long is a season, how many episodes there are, because I do watch a lot of stuff, and I am like prepared for uh, things that come on like regular TV. So like the CW, all that stuff is going to have 20 plus episodes and a bunch of filler episodes that are just unnecessary. And then I expect like binging shows. At, I used to expect them to be like 10 and 13, but I feel like I've been seeing them be around 10. And then when I saw Hardy Boys and I saw it was 13 episodes, I was like, oh my gosh, that is a lot. I don't know why I felt like that was a lot. And I was super hesitant to watch it because it was 13 episodes because just like do I really want to dedicate and not 13 like 30 minute episodes because like those 30 minute episodes can go pretty quickly but 40 to 44 minute episodes and it's just like oh my gosh do I want to do this I don't know why I struggled with that but I struggled to commit to the 13 um, episodes so that took time and then this is so random it was like a Shawn Mendes live stream which took don't even get me started on that. Um, I was like, oh, we're going to watch this just to see. Because, you know, guys know I love concerts and pandemic can't really do concerts. So I've been tuning into a bunch of like live stream uh, shows. And that was a whole two hour takeaway from my time because it started like over an hour late. And so it was all this other stuff. And so then finally I was like, okay, we're going to watch this. So I started watching it after I did some Googling, because, you know, I have to do some Googling. And when I Googled it, they were like, some people were, it was for some reason falling on the genre of comedy. And I was like, oh my gosh, this cannot be comedy because the artwork looks very serious and like drama-y and even on, in Hulu, it wasn't saying anything about comedy. And you guys know how I feel about comedy. <laughs> If you don't know, comedy is not my favorite thing because it's just, it takes a lot to make me laugh. And I feel like the things that I find funny are not things that are traditionally comedic, if that makes sense. So I was like, oh my gosh. So then I was like, let's watch the trailer. I know it's a lot of, it was a lot of convincing me to watch this. And I watched the trailer and I was like, oh my gosh, this trailer is giving me some type of vibes. I can't remember what show it is. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is giving me lock and key vibes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, if it's giving me lock and key vibes, and you guys know I've talked about lock and key, you can go back, you can listen to what I have to say about that. I was like, okay, we can watch this. So we got into it. And um, one, I put down the intro. So you guys know, usually anything I binge, I'll, I take way more notes than I do for anything that I don't binge. I do have some notes here. Um, it's not a lot, but I did want to note the intro because I thought the intro was so like it reminded me of like Marvel or superhero TV ish. It was just like that. It was so simple, but it was so like expansive. And because you know how it like starts low and then it grows that whole like sound behind <laughs> the intros. So I don't know why that stood out to me. I was just like, this is for such a simple um, intro. It just seems so different from what we're actually getting I don't know if anyone else felt that way probably just me which would not be surprised but then we get into this I'm like okay what year is this because you guys know I am looking at the costumes the set pieces like I'm trying to figure out what time we're in and so I was getting heavy at first I was getting like late 70 mid to late 70s vibes in the first episode for sure and then I started getting 80s vibes. I was like, are we in the 80s? And then it wasn't until they moved to um, back to their parents' hometown, which I don't think I actually wrote down. Bridgeport. I was like, I, don't, I, was like, I don't think I wrote down the town, but it's Bridgeport. <laughs> so when they go um, back to Bridgeport or back to when they move to Bridgeport, and they're staying in with uh, their father's sister, Trudy. And they're like fighting over who gets to stay in their father's old room and all this other stuff. And then we start to see other posters. I'm like, okay, this has to be the 80s. And so <laughs> there was that. Um, but yeah, so those were like kind of my earlier um, 
notes on the show. Overall, I actually really enjoyed this show. I thought, and this is why I like to, I this is why I like the binge format because I think if you can get people to just keep letting it play onto the next episode, like, I feel like that is the essence of at least an entertaining show. And for me, it was like, just let it roll. Of course, I had to stop because again, I started in the middle of the day and my goal was like, okay, we're going to at least get to episode 10 because I just do not like watching like these types of shows, like binge type shows during the week because when I'm working and I'm just like not really wanting to uh, be, what's the word? distracted and because like once I watch them I'm like oh my god I have to finish I have to figure out what happens in the end I need to get to the last episode so my goal was like at least get to the first 10 that way if there are only three episodes left I should be able to pound that out (laughs) on Monday evening of course I got to the end of episode 10 I was like oh my gosh now I want to see what happens in episode 11 but when I tell you I was tired (laughs) and it was only like 11 what was it no no, I think it was almost midnight. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. And I struggled through that first half of the 11th episode and was just like, okay, threw in the towel and <laughs> stopped. And so I ended up watching two and a half episodes on Monday evening, which is easier than, of course, uh, three episodes. And you'd think it would be a lot, but because it's not a full hour and they are literally less than 45 minutes, then you're at least watching two episodes within an hour not two full episodes but at least one episode and part of the next episode so it does go quicker than you would think it would but yeah I mean the show is called currently binging so of course I am going to talk about that for as long as I did but anyway (laughs) so let's get into these characters so this was for the most part a fresh face of people or fresh a fresh face of people (laughs) a cast full of fresh faces for lack of better words um so we had playing our brothers um playing frank we had ron campbell and playing joe we had alexander elliott have not seen you know where this is also where i was like okay clearly eva you watch too many things that are like this because I was convinced I had seen these kids and things before. And even when I looked at their IMDb's, it was like, oh, they it looked like they played like extras and other things. And I was like, there's no way I would like notice them enough for their face to stick in my mind. But what was happening was I was like blending people's faces together. So there were at some moments where they started to kind of look like other people um, to me. And it was so weird. Like, at some moments, Joe would look like a young Freddie Highmore, some of the faces that he made. <laughs> and then um, Frank would look like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Why can I not think of his name? But you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, Beast, Fantastic Beasts. Oh, my gosh. Why can I not think of his name? But you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, He was starting to give me... Uh, those vibes so I was just like Eva clearly this is proof that you watch way too many of these teeny shows or you watch too way too much tv in general because that was happening Eddie Redmayne I was like I know I know him I love Eddie Redmayne or I love his acting so (laughs) there was that um Aunt Trudy played by Bia Santos she was at moments giving me um Oh my gosh, I was about to say Leah Michelle, but it's not Leah Michelle at all. Lily Reinhardt. Um, and not even like looking like Lily Reinhardt. It was just like, I feel like she can play Lily Reinhardt's older sister in something because they have similar features to the point where I feel like they could pass as sisters. So this is just me in my head just being like, who could who could they play in other things with and be like related to in that thing? And then um, Callie Shaw was played by Kiana Lynn. Hadn't seen her or anything, even though she was kind of looking familiar to me a little bit. Uh, 
Who else? Chet Morton, played by Adam Swain. Had seen him in nothing. All these kids look so young. And then I went and looked for their actual uh, ages. I couldn't find all of them because, like, they're so new. But, like, Frank Hardy, even though he did look kind of old. Old, not old, but older. Like, he was in, he could have passed for college aged. But he was able to portray, like, those young teen mannerisms because he's playing like a 16 year old but I think he was like 22 or something like that but the dude playing Chet looked super young and of course like Joe and Biff they look young because they're supposed to be young so I'm assuming they are young um Biff was played by Riley O'Donnell and Fenton was played by James Tupper which you guys know I'm familiar with if you are an OG 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 listener then you know I loved me some revenge and he was the father on the revenge he was on the revenge he was he played uh oh my gosh what's her name Emily Van Camp's father in that and so and he's done some other things since then but that's the whole uh what's the word that's the only one who I like mainly really knew out of this everyone else was pretty much for the most part fresh-faced tall men I have actually seen other things, would have never guessed it. But I mean, I guess it now makes sense because he was actually in Umbrella Academy the first season. I was like, oh, wow. So, yeah, so those are all the people, a lot of people I was not familiar with. So knowing that, and you guys know, I go into these things expecting it to be, especially when we have the kids as the main, the main cast and they haven't really been in anything else. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit because I'm discussing Saved by the Bell in a Roundup. Uh, that will, it was supposed to proceed this. But I was like, oh, we'll put this episode out first and then we'll put that one after just because it's only two shows in that Roundup. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But I'm, I always go into a hesitant because I never, or I should say I go in there with low, low expectations. And I hate to say that because I don't know what we're going to get. But actually the acting for the most part, I didn't really have any problems with. I think uh, that our main characters are very relatable. I think the chemistry between Frank and Joe worked very well. The chemistry between Frank, Joe, and Aunt Judy worked well. The chemistry between Frank, Joe, and um, Fenton, their father, even their mother. I mean, we started off with the scene of them playing the video game and their mom coming in, even that chemistry. So, like, I think they were able to find the right people to create the right kind of feel and relationships on the screens. And I think on the screens, on the screen, and I think it was able to translate well. Uh, and with that, because I think the chemistry was so strong throughout, some of these pairings, I was like, is this supposed to be hidden at things that are gonna come in the future? Or am I just looking too deep into things? Cause I know I was not the only one who was like, clearly, Something is going on between Aunt Trudy and Jesse Hooper. And I don't know if it's because we're in the 80s and we're not really at that time where everyone's super out and we're just kind of being secretive about it. I don't know what's going on here, but clearly something's going on. We had so many moments. I actually wrote those moments down. Let me pull up. Actually, I didn't write them all down. But like one of the noble ones was the couch moment when they were on the couch and uh, they like touched hands briefly and I was like oh my gosh are they gonna do something right here I just felt like they kept teasing us with this and I was just like is there a present at the end of this tease because I don't understand what's going on and why we're just not going there with it but there's just so many moments of just like it's gonna happen right now it's gonna happen right now and so even how Trudy how um devastated Trudy was and like her uh not binge eating but like Gor not gorging either. I'm trying to be very specific with my words because like I don't want to speak to an eating disorder that this woman did not have. But um, even when she's like eating potato chips and is sulking and Frank finds her and even it seemed like he even he kind of hinted at knowing that there was it was just like you're giving it to us but you're not really giving it to us. So I felt like that was super super obvious. But one relationship that was just like Am I reading too far into this or are they trying to set up something here for the future was definitely between Chet and what is that kid's name? 
still I know I was not the only one who was like, what is going on here? First of all, let's talk about Chet and Callie because when we were first introduced to them, at first when you first see them before they even open their mouths, I was like, are they together? But then once they started talking and reacting and interacting, I was like, I did not really until, I think it was a few episodes later when they actually say that they're in a relationship, I thought they were just really good friends. <laughs> <laughs> because that's just how it was coming off as like they were the best of best friends and they just were not in a relationship because I never really got like boyfriend girlfriend vibes from them at all even after they said that they were in a relationship I still was like not really getting that it was very much felt like they were in the friend zone super heavy or like they were in this relationship due to convenience or ease or like that was the only thing that they knew so I was just like, okay, there was that. But then I was like, but then I was like, seeing how upset he was getting with like how Callie was, which I thought that whole Callie and Frank thing saw that as soon as he came into Bridgeport, when Callie first laid eyes on him, I knew that she was like, in pursuit <laughs> so therefore I just don't understand how Chet didn't see that until later on in the season when he like started noticing it but even like we never saw Chet and Callie kiss at all we never really saw them be affectionate I think the most affection that they had was when they mounted the stairwell to eat the tin of cookies that his mom baked and he just seemed like I don't know. From both perspectives, it just did not seem like their heart was in it. So then when we had the moment, which was so, which was like came out of, not random, but I guess they had had something that happened between Chet and Phil right before they ended up at Wilt's because uh, half of Chet's face was covered in, I'm assuming like grass and dirt and stuff. And so Chet was like, oh, I'll buy you a... Uh, milkshake because I mean the times that we're in everything is so simple <laughs> and he, it was just like a weird exchange and then the one note that I wrote down was when they were talking about what flavors they wanted and feels like he wants chocolate and then Chet was like he wants vanilla and I was like are we trying to say something here I would not be surprised on either front because when you actually think about it it would make total sense that they could at some point form a actual intimate relationship because Chet never really seemed like he was in a relationship with Callie. And then Phil was like, I don't know. I don't really know about Phil. Phil wasn't really giving me that at first, but when I actually thought about it, I was like, I mean, okay, I guess that could make sense. So you guys let me know if I'm crazy or if you guys too were like, wait a minute, are we trying to set something up for the future? Because... I was catching all of those vibes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, if, I mean, we don't know if we're getting to season two, but it will be interesting to see where we go, not only with Trudy and Jesse, but potentially with Chet and Phil. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, we have Biff and Joe. I thought their relationship was super fun, friendly. I could see them eventually. I think that they may be too young in the point that they're at that age where Biff would be the one to because I mean this this is usually how it works like have those feelings and not really know and then Joe he just seems like he kind of is oblivious in a way that he probably actually both him and Frank kind of act like Frank is totally oblivious because even the whole thing that was going on with Callie and Chet <laughs> and him not really catching that he was just 100%. So I could see Joe kind of being at the age where he's not really thinking about that at the moment, but I could see them in the future trying to go that direction with with Biff and Joe, but I would prefer that this not turn into a show about multiple like relationships in that way because I think the great thing about this show is trying to solve the various mysteries. And while we had the main mystery of who killed um, the Hardy boy's mom, 
they were also all tied to this whole bigger mystery. You guys know, I love solving things. So this is like my whole thing. And I think it was great, even though there were at moments where I was like, okay, there's a lot going on here. And we just keep adding extra things to this, which I think is the downfall to having 13 episodes. Don't get me wrong. 13 episodes is not a lot when you actually think about it. It's really not a lot, but it does still leave at least room for adding in things that we don't really necessarily need. So I feel like it leaves room for us to be able to still trim a little bit because we do get some filler stuff where it's kind of like, did we really need that anyway? And so by the time we got to the end of it, I just felt like there were a lot of extra things that were being thrown in. Like Stacy, her storyline made sense, but then also... I thought Stacey was super manipulative from the jump. Even when she hit tall man, I was just like, again, camera work. I'm going, I'm starting to think about the undoing when I was like, all oh, the camera, all the different camera moments that we had were just like exposing things, but they were never really paid off. Here, it all paid off. Like this, this is what I talk about when it's like, don't show us or allude to something then and not even pay off. It did here because we had, we kept focusing on her after she, his hall man, and then we have that moment where her and Frank exchanged a look when they were leaving the police station. So I was like, okay, clearly she's gonna play a role here. And then she ends up at their school, but she just all she just immediately came off as manipulative in her interaction with um, Frank, how he talked to him, touching him. I used to why. Well, Still kind of, but I used to be the queen of manipulation. So now when I see like people just being obviously manipulative, I'm just like, it's so frustrating to watch because I it's so clear to see. But again, it's TV, so like they're writing these people this way. But it's just like, but Callie could see it, and then of course, it was hard for people to believe her because you had Chad going with his whole like you're doing this because you want to be with Frank, and then Frank just <laughs> being Frank and not really getting that Callie has feelings for him like that, even though they did have that moment when they were at, what was it? Rosewood grave. I think that's a horrible, a Rose grave Academy. Rose, Rosewood grave. My gosh, Rose grave Academy. <laughs> they did have that moment on the front steps where they almost had, or they also had a moment when they were in the um, escape room as well, but even more so when they were on the steps where they were like close to kissing, but then, Chet pulled up and they didn't. So they did have that moment. So I don't know why he didn't think or was still oblivious to, but I feel like he also just, I think that's just his personality when it comes to a woman, because even when Stacy kissed him, he was looking like he did not expect that to happen. When it was clear, she was trying to like persuade him by using herself. <laughs> in a way but uh yeah so we have this big whole mystery all around the eye which I mean if you think about it it's not really that outside of the box idea as far as like there's a secret society that's controlling the whole town they're using this mysteriously um like what's the word magic <laughs> magic filled thing and of course they split it all in three and also was giving me um Outer Banks vibes as well just like some of the different themes and tones because you know on Outer Banks there's like a whole like treasure hunt thing treasure hunt thing to it and this kind of had those kind of not really treasure hunt tones but kind of like the same themes as well so like I said, I watch a lot of these I watch a lot of these shows that are just like at the end of the day, they're all the same thing. But I think what makes them unique is the talent and kind of like the overall how the overall story plays out. And also I think it's a, a feeling thing too. Like how does this show make you feel? Um, and I think that's a lot of the times why by the time we get to the end of it, I'm like I would want to see a season two, <laughs> but, uh, oh crap. Yeah. So, so we have all that and we have our big overlying thing. Then we have their grandmother who was just like, when 
you think about your grandmother. You don't think about this conniving, at least I would hope, you don't think about this conniving person who would essentially do anything to get what she wants, even if it means hurting or not even, not maybe physically, but maybe indirectly hurting her loved ones, like her child or her grandchildren. Because at the end of the day, her drive to get the eye is what killed her daughter and dragged her grandsons into this, I guess, mess you would call it, because Stefan or Stefan, 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 <laughs> like, how did they say his name? <laughs> I think it was Stefan. Uh, he is the one who murdered their mother because he did not want her to expose what was going on because he knew that Gloria's one thing was like, to get the eye to restore order and like be able to be in control of the eye and all this other stuff like blah blah big bad big bad uh villain or whatever you want to call him and so I was just like okay <laughs> so we found that out which I don't really think it was that surprising because I was so to up for a while I was like I would not be surprised if Gloria had a hand in killing her daughter. So I was really, even though she didn't, I was not surprised that it was someone who was super close to her who was the one who ended up killing her daughter. Also, she killed Stacy's father, which was just like, oh my gosh, killed her, killed her father. Uh, when we get all the way up to the end, so Stacy comes in trying to act like she wants to destroy the eye but she essentially just wants the all three pieces for herself because Gloria's father split the eye into three pieces because they were like, they have been using it. The the three found three founders or however you want to call them, the three founders of the eye or the initial like circle holders. No, no, no. We're making up words here <laughs> have been using it in a way that were like getting people killed like thousands of people killed and it just wasn't being used for good. And so he made a decision to split it. Therefore, it could not be used in that way unless all the pieces were together. And so Stacy's working really to get all the pieces together because she wants all the control. Uh, Gloria is working to get all the pieces together because she wants sole control. So it's like this whole control thing. And even when you look at it, like, the circle initial members were all men. And then when you had look at that meeting between Gloria, um, what was her name? Khan. I can't remember her first name, but Mrs. Khan and then Stacy. And of course we had Frank in the room, but I was like, <laughs> he was, he was irrelevant <laughs> in that moment. He was, um, but when you had all three in there and like to see that, even though technically Gloria's father did not pass the eye down to her, um, he technically did was if he had a chance would have probably given it to um, her daughter Gloria's daughter but it was all women and I was just like <laughs> this is a turn of turn of events um, so yeah so I thought that was interesting to see like how it was like oh man it was all women and then it was the two women who at the end because Stacy I just think Stacy as a character was just <laughs> ridiculous because she ends up snatching up Callie <laughs> to hold as leverage so that she can get the final piece of the eye and of course um Frank and Joe are like we're gonna we have to go save Callie and I don't know I don't I I mean I feel like Joe thankfully had the fake piece so they're able to use that to get her back but I feel like we needed to take a moment and just think about it before we were just like all in. Let's go grab Callie because as much bark as Stacy had, I just did not see her actually killing Callie like she was threatening to do. But I mean, at the end of the day, it all worked out. Uh, and I was surprised Joe still had the fake eyepiece because... When they tried to capture Tall Man, he ended up throwing it 
when they were in the bar in the barn or at the farm and they never saw him recovering it. So then when they went to and we're talking about possibly giving it back to uh, Gloria, I was like, well, why don't y'all just give her the fake piece? But there was never any mention about it until Callie gets snatched up. Then it's like, oh, I still have the fake, the fake eyepiece. So I thought that was interesting. But <laughs> that's that. And so, of course, they end up saving her. And then they go through this whole big show of trying to stop them from putting the eye back together. Because we find out, we find, or Joe and Biff end up accidentally falling into the mines because Joe's like, I'm going to destroy the eye. We're going to stop this. He's like super gung ho. Frank, we don't really know what Frank is, is doing because he seems to be straddling like the middle where it's like, well, we don't want to destroy it, but we don't want to use it. So it's just kind of like, we don't really know which way he's, he's going to go. If he's going to go towards Stacy or Gloria, cause that's kind of where it felt like he was at that moment. So we had that whole episode where Biff and Joe fell into, fell through the mine shaft and they were underground and they were able to get out with help from Frank using the walk talkies. And so then in order to destroy the eye or put the eye back together, it all had to be done at a specific place in the mines. So they had this whole moment where they were trying to use the map to find out where, where that place was. They had to go back to their great grandfather's room to look at the map with the projector on. And then they also were going to try to steal back the eyepiece, which of course, stealing back the eyepiece didn't work because Gloria was like, I'm not letting this leave my sight. But then, <laughs> what's her name? Bip gets locked in the study room. Also, if you're like claustrophobic or anything like that, I'm with you if you struggled on that scene. Cause all of a sudden I was just like, oh my gosh, could you imagine being locked in a room that can only be unlocked with the key that you're holding in your hand. I could not imagine. But the fact that Joe was quick on his feet and was like, oh, there's a vent. Let's use the vent to try to get the key out. Well, that was super smart. Joe was actually pretty smart. That's his entire thing. Um, I thought he uh, was able to carry a lot of the like smart detective work, if you will, um, very easily. It was very believable with him being that person. Frank was very inquisitive too, but again, he had those moments where you just felt like he wasn't really, he, I don't know how to explain it. Cause it wasn't more so, it wasn't like, usually you'll have the, if there's a duo, especially if they're siblings, you'll have one who's like the super smart one and one who's kind of like the slow one. I don't feel like that was ever really the case with Frank and Joe because they both com came off as super smart um, and deep thinkers. But I think the difference here was that Joe seemed to be more so on the like less of a mystery detective work kind of a vibe where Frank was more so like, I just want answers. <laughs> and once I get my answers, like we can move on type of a vibe, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. But that's just kind of, I think the difference between the two where it's more like detective work for Joe and Frank is just looking for answers just because he wants those answers. And so they had two different approaches to going up about it. Also, I don't know about you guys, but I have also been getting super frustrated <laughs> with seeing seeing some of these scenes where it's like, you guys need to be quiet. You're being too loud. And they're just super loud all the time. Loud talking. Uh, there was a moment when they were staking out who was coming to pick up the golden statue. And Joe was just talking super, super loud. Also, you guys know, and it's not even just these types of shows. It's like any teen show where something happens where the authorities should be contacted and the kids decide not to contact the authorities. I'm always like, if you're not going to call the cops or the police, then at least get an, an adult involved. And I will say, Biff is that quintessential kid that needs to tag along with all of these kids who are just like, 
we don't need a dogs. We're going to do this on our own because I feel like she was the most reasonable one out of the entire bunch, even like the older kids as well. Also, I think a difference with this is you guys know a lot. You also know a lot of the times with these shows, I do... I think the best moments are when, like, the group of kids all come together. And I don't think the show ever really was laid out in the way where you're waiting for all the kids to get together and, like, solve the mystery. It just never really felt that way, and they never really set it up that way. So when you do have the mom those moments when they are together, it's like, oh, this is exciting. But you're not like, okay, I'm waiting for the next moment when all the kids are going to come together. So I don't know. Um, I mean, it is called the Hardy Boys. But, like, now that we know that um, the Hardys are staying in Bridgeport, I don't know if they're going to develop more on that or try to build up more of the total group friendship and, like, total group missions versus a lot of it being just, like, Joe and Frank, Joe and Biff, Frank and Callie. Like, we're, like we only saw Chet in a couple of big group excursions along with Phil and Phil was kind of like this character that we're just like he, we're putting up with him because we're just going to put up with him type of a thing and it wasn't necessarily like we saw anyone develop a true friendship with him so I don't know if I had to criticize it would be trying to figure out what we're going to do with the total friend group because while the individual like duo groups were working when we get to that larger friend group, I feel like there's still more that we can do there to make it even more so like, yes, exciting. Or like make us care about them when they do get in those big group excursion moments. Because even the last, the whole last thing, last thing, last scene, well, one, when they went to go save Callie, they still split up and uh, went to like do their own individual things to save her. But then when they went after Stacy and Gloria, it was just, of course, like the boys and Fenton. And then of course, Callie showed up. Cause she's like, well, she kidnapped me and all this other stuff. And so of course she showed up. So she got to be along in that big moment, but the rest of the kids weren't really there. So yeah, I think that's one thing that I would be interested in seeing how we can like evolve that. But we get to the end. They're trying to put the three pieces back together. Frank touches it. So you guys know. I always say you guys know. But I don't know if you guys actually really do know. But <laughs> in this moment, my head is immediately like, oh my gosh, is he about to get some cool superpowers? Or is he going to be able to like inhabit some of what the eye can do? Because he touches it and you like see the like we're just going to call it code because it wasn't really numbers, but like the code or whatever from the eye, like going into his arm or going over his arm. And then that's when the whole moment where he like gets to see all those scenes of what his mom did on her final day before she died. And then was able to connect the dots that Stefan was the one who murdered her. But I was like, after he woke up, it was like nothing else. I don't know if, that was that or if that's going to come up later in future possible seasons because i mean we already have supernatural here we might as well just keep on like digging away at it i mean you don't have to have superpowers but like there has to be residual effects because he literally touched the thing and was like knocked out so i don't know we'll see what happens with that but they do end up, of course, Stefan dies. He gets crushed by um, debris falling because the tunnel starts shaking. And they all have to escape before the entire thing collapses. So they end up leaving the eye behind. And we have JB. I didn't really talk about JB. I thought JB was an interesting character. He was a character that was hard to read a little bit because you could tell that he eventually cared about Joe but then there was this other side of him that was just like I guess you call it like his greedy side or his um selfish side that was kind of like in it for what he can get so being at money or being in power when he had the eye for the little bit of time that he had the eye for so it was always hard to read like 
what his motivation was in that. Not hard to read what his motivation was, but like hard to be like to fully trust him. There we go. It was hard to fully let go and trust him because you just were like, I don't know. I don't know. But when he gives him, gives Joe as like a final parting gift, his um, radio or whatever it was. <laughs> and he leaves a note and Joe is reading the note. And the like voiceover is over the scene of like the military excavation group. I don't know what their actual real name is, but they're they're essentially going through all the debris and we see someone pick up the eye. And I was like, is this JB in another disguise? Cause that's kind of what I was getting from it. Was that JB had went down in disguise and retrieved the eye. I mean, could totally be something completely different. But that of course leaves it open for a possible season two because the eye is still in place and there's still, I think, so much to uncover because if these three families have been controlling and running Bridgeport for forever and then now, like, they're not there, but um, there, there are still the results of that circle union circle union <laughs> so <laughs> therefore like there has to be there have to be um consequences from that consequence consequences why why did that seem like a struggle i don't know but there has to be consequences because gloria's in jail mrs khan she just kind of disappeared after she turned over that confession of gloria um, confessing to killing Victor and plus she didn't have her piece of the eye so she's just kind of like going away and then Stacy got away so all these characters are still in play even though, even though they don't really have um what's the word I was about to say terrestrial <laughs> they don't really have um power anymore I was looking for a specific word but I can't find it they don't really have that power that's like the power of the eye anymore to control anything so but they're still there so I think there's more to explore as far as that point. The eye, someone has the eye and they showed us that for a reason. So the eye is definitely still in play um, and would probably like speak to whatever the mystery be for a possible second season. So let's just go there since we're already talking about it. Um, so we don't know if we're going to get a second, se a second season yet. Uh, I mean, this did just drop less than a week ago and Hulu... I don't really know the timeline of Hulu being like, oh, it's renewed because I haven't looked, but I haven't heard anything about if we're getting the season two of Love, Victor. You guys know I loved Love, Victor. If you haven't, go back, listen to that episode because I did talk about it. But um, so I don't really know what their track record is. I'm assuming we probably won't hear anything to like, until like next year if we are to get a second season. Also, just talking about the show and knowing that Disney owns Hulu, this is the case again where I felt like this could have easily gone on the Disney Plus platform and it would have been fine. I thought Love, Victor should have been on Disney Plus even though he moved to Hulu. I think um, if they're trying to have like new content and I don't know when like the distribution of the Hardy Boys was discussed, if this whole thing was locked and loaded before the whole Disney um, deal or if it was after, but I think... A lot of, we're seeing this with a lot of these like not a lot of, well yeah we're seeing it with a lot of these um string platforms trying to like get people to not only sign up for the service but keep the service past the free trial and I feel like of course that's always been the case regardless of what stream platform it is but some struggle a little bit more than others and I think the problem with Disney Plus is that came out the gate promising all of these different original things and so far I mean it's been a year now. There hasn't really been that much. Granted, I still have my Disney Plus um, subscription, but it's because I love Disney movies in general. I could just watch Disney movies. But if you're looking for fresh new content, we haven't really gotten that. And even really like series as well. I did see some, I know this is all, this all relates. I promise you. I did see some news where they were talking about there were rumors that Disney Plus and Hulu were going to try to combine their streaming platforms. I don't, 
I don't know how I feel about that or if I would even want that. I mean, I guess it would make sense to just streamline it and make it all one. But I don't know. I can see the pros and cons either way. But I feel like we're going to have Disney Plus because Disney Plus makes sense just because of all the Disney content that there is. It makes sense for them to have their own streaming platform. But they also, I feel like, need to step up the original content game. Netflix is like on another level when we talk about original content production um, from a streaming service. And then I would say Prime is probably next. Uh, but like Disney Plus, Hulu, Hulu has some good I think I feel like they're starting to step it up a little bit more as far as original content but it's not as frequent as a Netflix and I don't think everyone needs to be as frequent as a Netflix because Netflix has a lot of crap original content <laughs> that is just like we could have left this in the drawing room we did not need to bring this out here but I say all that to say I feel like this could have easily gone on the Disney plus um platform do and I don't know how many people watch this because even when I look at IMDB which is not a great um it's not a great what's the word visual for how many or representation of how many people have watched but I think it gives an idea of kind of like traction <laughs> so it only has like 281 people have rated this actually has 6.8 which is kind of surprising, I think. But so I don't know how many people are watching this. I have, when I do search Hardy Boys, I do see a lot of articles about it. So I'm assuming people are watching. And it's only, it hasn't even been a week yet. So who knows? But all that to say, this could have easily gone on Disney Plus. I thought, I think could have fit perfectly there. Uh, but happy to see it on Hulu. Hopefully we get a second season I think there's so much more to explore definitely especially since like this is based on like the source material is a book series so I don't know how much of this is from the actual books but from a book point of view I'm sure there's a ton to explore and from just how everything was set up in this first season I feel like there's more to explore whether it's on like the mysteries of the town the eye or digging deeper and further in some of these relationships especially some of the ones that felt like setups for further exploration in the future like uh Trudy and a Jesse and even finding out that Jesse adopted Biff I thought was like random but also further is like okay clearly clearly <laughs> they're trying to create something here and even possibly Chad and Phil because like I told you guys I was getting those vibes, but yeah, I think there's a lot to do. I would want to see a second season. I would be excited to see a second season, but I want to know what you guys thought about season one of the Hardy Boys. Did it meet your expectations? Do you want to see a second season of this show? Oh my gosh, we talked about this for a while. Oh my God, this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> Let me know and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at Currently Binging on Instagram and at Current Binge on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and I'll talk to you in the next one.